Part two of session 80. Let's talk here about the matrix of the spirits, the primeval darkness. Let's begin. I just realized that in the last video in which I talked about the spirit, the realm of the spirit and other details, facets of the spirit, I was wearing my white sweatshirt and today I'm going to talk about the matrix of the spirit, which is the primeval darkness and unconsciously I dressed all in black, which I just noticed. <laughs> so little things that add into the experience, right? So, um, I don't have much of an introduction for this video because um, so far we have been talking about the archetypes of the spirit cycle. And so we touch on the spirit last video. We're gonna continue on that. I have a couple of questions that I wanted to cover in that video to finish up, but it lends itself perfectly to uh, start up this, this this video and continue on. Uh, so again, let's get into the matrix of the spirit right away. I wanted to reread um, question eight, but I would just leave it for you to go check it out again uh, because there is some, uh, I'll just reread. Um, yeah, see, I can't contain myself. I have to. Um, they were talking about the power of the spirit and that's something that Don wanted to know in, in regards to the negative entity that was um, doing their, doing them visits, basically. And so one, um, one of the analogies or the analogy that they use, Ra, when they explain the power of the spirit they said, you may see with some fruitfulness, uh, consider the possibilities of moonlight. You are aware that we have described the matrix of the spirit as a night. The moonlight then offers either a true picture seen in shadow or a chimera in falsity. The power of falsity is deep as is the power to discern truth from shadow. The shadow of hidden things is an infinite depth in which is stored the power of the one infinite creator. So that is a way to describe um, the matrix of the spirit, right? Um, in which actually is more of the environment of the spirit as perceived by the mind body spirit, spirit complex. So that helps a lot because we're going to talk about the moon now in in these terms the moon being light there's something interesting about the whole uh, tarot um, illustrations in terms of the cycle of the spirit which is that there is the matrix is this uh, i just see it as primeval darkness like Ra said there's a lot of depictions there that i I don't care to go into the interpretation of the devil and 
There's even phallus there and so on. Like a direct phallus of the demon and there's a bunch of stuff going on there. <laughs> um, but one theme that I see um, that is interesting is light, you see. So we're going to talk more about this because the spirit is supposed to, to call into the light, right? And what we do with the light is what we polarize ourselves with. So, all right, uh, unintended introduction. Let's go into the following question that Don had after uh, that answer. Don said in question nine, are you saying then that this power is of the spirit and not of the mind or the body? And Ra says, the work of the adept is based upon previous work with the mind and the body. Else, work with the spirit would not be possible on a dependable basis. With this comment, we may assert the correctness of your assumption. So, just a quick, um, quick comment on this, which is that... Um, this power that I talked about before, and like I said, if if you want to revisit, go ahead and do it. It's at the end of the last video where I, I talked about the power that can be derived from the spirit and how the adept is working with that power, positive or negative. And so it is as a basis, of course, the adept has been working with the mind and the body to uh, reveal the spirit, right? That's its groundwork. And so without that, it would not be possible to to work on the spirit or to understand the spirit, to seek the spirit, you see? So you have to have, of course, uh, mental and body, body work, whatever that means. Uh, that really depends, I guess, on each and one of us and what has been our story and how we got into uh, spiritual work and so on. I can give you an example of Carla and her body. You know, her body was a really important work that she had to do to, uh, to be okay. That was her vessel for the spiritual work that she did. So, yeah, minor, minor examples. I guess everybody has their own, um, their own story and their own configuration, rather. So becoming aware of your configuration, mental and physical, for the spiritual work that you want to do, that will empower, of course, the, the seeking of the spirit. But let's move on. Question 10, Don says, now the 15 archetype, which is the matrix of the spirit has been called the devil. Can you tell me why that is so? And Ra says, we do not wish to be facile in such a central query, but we may note that the nature of the spirit is so infinitely subtle that the fructifying influence of light upon the great darkness of the spirit is very often not as apparent as the darkness itself. So here we're getting ready to, uh, for the long answer that I was looking for in the last episode, but um, we have already the groundwork of seeing the matrix as the pure darkness that exists. Darkness of what? 
Is it really darkness? Do I see darkness? No, we're seeing the darkness of the spirit. The spirit is what connects everything. It's the shuttle to the connectiveness of all, which is the one infinite creator. So that is what the matrix of the spirit is. It's, um, it's a shadowing of the intelligent infinity, the way I see it. So it's total darkness, right? And so that is, it's almost like the fabric of the spirit would be this darkness. So there, I think, is that what they emphasize here? We may note that the nature of the spirit is so infinitely subtle that the fructifying influence of light upon the great darkness of the spirit is very often not as apparent. So very difficult to see the works of the spirit in our reality because uh, it's not as apparent as the darkness itself. So again, the darkness itself is this um, perception, this limited perception of the mind, which creates both the fantastic experience of being human and the, um, the yearning for going back to the Creator. And can I get away with giving a little bit of um, practical advice here, practical context? Sometimes in this spiritual path, we, we get a little too passionate about the fruits of the seeking of the Spirit. And I see that many times this creates a sort of behavior towards life as if always looking at the dark side of things, right? Because we're, uh, we're compulsively looking for the light. What, how does this translate into our behaviors? Well, um, we tend to look at things as Oh man, this, yeah, this limited mind, this limited mind, for example, I just mentioned the limited mind. We start saying this limited mind is a problem. Uh, I wish I didn't have this mind so I could see the totality of the spirit. I love God and so on. These are all um, yearnings for, for, for the one infinite creator, which is great. That's a, it's a great motivation, but you see what the problem is with this behavior is that we start looking down on the mind and to the contrary when when you want to balance yourself you want to also see the beauty of having this limited mind because once you realize who you are and you get with that uh, you're so grateful that you have this experience I mean, you're so grateful of the experience of being limited. You see what I mean? So I want to mention this because we're going to dive into the process or the cycle of the spirit in regards to seeking that um, the one infinite creator, that light that is the, uh, the road, shall we say, to the to the one infinite creator and or intelligent infinity so just to keep that in mind 
there is beauty in the limitations of human experience. So let's move on with the rest of this answer, which is fantastic. I love this answer. 8010 is beautiful. Rock continues and says the progress chosen by many adepts becomes a confused path as each adept attempts to use the catalyst of the spirit. Few there are which are successful in grasping the light of the sun. By far the majority of adepts remain groping in the moonlight and as we have said, this light can deceive as well as uncover hidden mystery. So go back to that, um, that little paragraph that I read when they said that the moonlight, I'm repeating what they said here, the moonlight then offers either a true picture seen in a shadow or a chimera in falsity. See? So <clears throat> um, that chimera in falsity is what um, can be available for the negative path or the sense of separation. Whereas the true picture seen in shadow by the moonlight is the positive, you see? So using the catalyst of the spirit, the catalyst is actually, um, it's not the moon, it's the star, right? Which is still light, you see, it's still a very dim light in which we work with. Um, so. Once again, it's just a matter of um, seeing what the what the matrix of the spirit is offering as a blanket of shadows. So what we see is what we identify with, what we resonate with. I think resonate um, is probably a better word to see what what intuitively we feel more inclined to to accept in our life as as true or falsity because the negative path sees falsity but it ceases as its own truth so ross says few there are which are successful in grasping the light of the sun by far the majority of adepts remain groping in the moonlight and as we have said this light can deceive as well as uncover hidden mystery. So those, um, that deception or the hidden mystery that is uncovered depends, like I said in my last um, video, it depends on what compass do we have. And I think this is why it's important to find your own compass. Don't buy a compass, <laughs> make your own. Um, I mean, you are you watch YouTube videos to make your own compass, right? Otherwise you wouldn't do it. I mean, you could, you can come up with it if you channeled the information from the collective consciousness, but you know what I mean? So my point is that don't, uh, don't buy other compasses. Just see what resonates. I just talk about, I just talked about resonation, uh, resonance and see what resonates and see how you build your compass. My own is made up of what makes me happy. Not as I am sad, let's see what makes me happy. But rather, what happy is not a word, not an appropriate word. 
what maintains my peace, which is not a, a forced peace, but rather how I feel. It's just something that ha I have created within the path of uh, self-knowledge, which is what I am. And so if it brings harmony or maintains this harmony, then yes. And this is with knowledge, with relationships, with anything that I do. I just follow that. Whatever it is that life is throwing at me, I see how I react. This is another thing. It's, uh, it's the inner work. The inner work is also, what are my reactions? Who am I in this situation? Who am I with these people? And I pay attention to all those little details that are bringing me more in alignment with peace. If I feel uh, upset about something, which is, um, it can happen. You feel upset about one thing or you feel um, uncomfortable. All these things are signposts for me to see, okay, in myself, what's causing that? And my compass is peace. So, it's a long discussion, but the point is that you have to have a sort of compass to work with that moonlight, as Ra says, uh, because few there are that can grasp the light of the sun. Now, who can be the judge of that? Nobody. But you can be the judge, certainly, of the moonlight, which is available for all of us to work, as Ra is describing here. So, it's... Um, Again, it's a matter of having your own compass and seeing what what is it that pulls your north, so to speak. Let's move on. Ra is going to finish this and say, therefore the melody, shall we say, of this matrix often seems to be of a negative and evil, as you would call it, nature. I read that very poorly. Let's repeat it. Therefore, the melody, shall we say, of this matrix often seems to be of a negative and evil, as you would call it, nature. It is also to be noted that an adept is one which has freed itself more and more from the constraints of the thoughts, opinions, and bonds of other selves. Whether this is done for service to others or service to self, it is a necessary part of the awakening of the adept. This freedom is seen by those not free, as you would call evil or black. The magic is recognized. The nature is often not. So, um, it seems <laughs> I can talk about this for a full hour, but I won't. Um, so, that's why we can see the, na the, the nature of the matrix as negative and evil. It's not really negative in the sense of polarization, uh, although it offers that. It offers that possibility of negative polarization because of the, the deceits and um, the, the falsity that is capable of bringing to the conscious aware um, entity. And that makes a lot of sense. That's why we see it as evil, because it, it is the temptation of the devil that pulls us into separation of other people, of the planet and the rest of the universe. So naturally, 
the negative entity will uh, enhance this matrix, will enhance it and beautify it, you see, whereas the positive one will just shed light on it and say, well, this is just how it is. It's It simply is. <laughs> it makes so much sense. So positive and negatives are, this is the the playground of both, both positive and negatives. It's just that we do things differently. Uh, one empowers the darkness, the other one empowers the light. How beautiful is that? Now, there's something else that it seems added here. When Ra says, it is also to be noted that an adept is one which has freed itself more and more from the constraints of the thoughts, opinions, and bonds of other selves. Everybody is aware of the initial process of isolating yourself when you've had a consciousness awakening, right? Um, a consciousness expansion. And one of the reasons why we feel this way is because we are sensing this necessity to liberate ourselves from the attachments that we had with other uh, people, the thoughts, opinions of them. And these bonds are the ones that are causing us, um, what should I call it, a friction? Because we're so used to them and yet at the same time we feel that we no longer fit with that, you see? So it's a natural process to isolate yourself. However, one distortion that I see of this natural process <clears throat> is that people become sort of holy men, the holy man syndrome of saying, I, I cannot deal anymore with people, that it's not my vibration, you see? <laughs> Lower vibration energies are not in my field. So there is this ego, spiritual ego that starts um, bloating itself and saying, I feel so safe in my little bubble. I don't want people entering my bubble with their negative energies. So you start to demonizing people and situations because you are so pure and you're purifying yourself. There is truth to this. I'm not mocking the, well, I am in a way <laughs> because it's me and I have to, I'm a joker. I can't help it. Uh, but as a comedian makes you see the reality with a joke, that's what I'm trying to do here. See the mockery of becoming sealed in your spiritual bubble because you believe that other people are going to affect you. Um, it's the holy man syndrome. So there is a truth, there is a reality to the necessity of isolating yourself because you are becoming, as we will see in the next questions, you are becoming more disassociated with that which is not. And that is a key component, that is true. 
But some people remain in that bubble and say, well, I've just created my own little universe here and people are not. Uh, only if you have a higher vibration. And so you can get stuck in this initial step. It's the initial step, okay? But you haven't realized the full meaning of the isolation. So uh, don't feel bad if you have been there. We've all been there. <laughs> Uh, just notice that there are more steps to follow and you will be glad to hear what is next because uh, you yourself may feel this. Let me give you an example. One of the things that happens and that I've talked about recently is the energy transfer um, phenomenon, which people say, I can't deal with people who are low vibration because then I feel like my vibration has been lower. Um, oh, I feel... Uh, depressed now because I have uh, I have transferred energy from somebody who was depressed and all of these things yes that that's that's true you may feel that way but it's not because people are stealing your energy they're not robbing your energy that doesn't happen you have weaknesses which you must become aware of in which like I said your energy leaks nobody steals your energy your energy leaks because you have punch holes that you have made yourself become aware of them and they will seal themselves, allowing you to be a full vessel without leaks so the energy simply flows. What is this energy, you may ask? It's the energy of being. When you simply are, you have the, the whole energy, the full energy of the universe is flowing through you. It's almost like if you, um, I, don't, I don't know if I can create this analogy, but imagine water, let's say, going through a pipe and you, uh, you constrict yourself into a little hole and then there is this uh, turbidity of water flowing through, you know, it's just, uh, it's constrained and constrained into a little hole that's when you're blocking yourself if you open up this this pipe this hole then everything is just flowing beingness is just like that simply being has the whole energy of the universe flowing through you you have no restriction and so you feel magnanimous but if you have these constraints then you have to pay attention to them so in any case i don't wish to go <laughs> half hour I'm still in question 10 I might have to do this in three parts I don't know <sighs> all right so it's important though to say that um, uh, that these you see it, what did Ross say oh they even use the word constraint that's why I've been using it so much <laughs> it is also to be noted that the that an adept is one which has freed itself more and more from the constraints of thoughts, opinions, and bonds of other selves. You see, when you are concerned with the thoughts and opinions and bonds of other selves, they are constraints to your own being. When you liberate that, then you are more as you are. And so that is the adept that has free its, freed itself from those constraints. If you're in your bubble, you're still with those constraints. It's only that you have become aware that those 
um, constraints are triggered by other people, you see? And so you feel like your ceiling yourself is going to do that. Yes, it's good to do that because that will allow you to do inner work. But if you're in your bubble without doing the inner work, you'll remain there the rest of your life. <laughs> so you're not freeing yourself. You're just getting into the pyramid and not doing any work. <laughs> That's what's happening. Whether this is done for service to others or service to self, it is a necessary part of the awakening of the adept. It's necessary to do this because you have to free yourself. You, hit, you have to liberate the energy that was before invested in these constraints. Once you liberate that, then you can pick your polarity. Ross says that this freedom is seen by those not free as you would call evil or black because the magic is recognized, but the nature is often not. So again, important angle to give here is that this is the people who are not free. Um, detractors, for example, of your own path are these people. Because, you, because they're not free, they don't want you to be free. Um, this is not properly um, an evil act, but just a ignorant act that we all do. You see, it's a, it's a tendency in the mind. I'm not trying to blame people for, for acting like this. They are just um, actors of their own drama. And in the stage of the drama that they are at, they will create this um, extrapolation of their own experience to you. And so if you're freeing yourself this way, they will look at you as oh, this person is, it's not, um, it's not right. It's doing something strange. And so uh, I don't, I don't, I don't think I can call it evil or black <laughs> as, um, as rock holds it. But yeah, I guess you can say that too. The magic is recognized, right? What's the magic changes in consciousness. So they look at you and say, whoa, this person is changing dramatically and it's probably not good. <laughs> but the nature of that change in consciousness or that magic is not recognized. Okay, let's move on and let's see how we go. Question 11, Don says, could I say then that implicit in the process of becoming adept is the possible partial polarization towards service to self because simply the adept becomes disassociated with many of his kind or like in the particular density or like in the particular density in which he inhabits. Ra says, this is likely to occur. The apparent happening is disassociation, whether the truth is service to self and thus true disassociation from other selves or service to others and thus true association with the heart of all other selves and disassociation only from the illusory husks which prevent the adept from correctly perceiving the self and other self as one. This is just one of the most beautiful answers in terms of the process of disassociation from other selves. Speaking of this phenomenon that is the isolation 
in which we go through, which I already described as the holy bubble in which we get into, okay? Don's question is, as always, so on point, because is this service to self? Because you are isolating yourself from others. You don't want to know anything. You don't want to, you don't want anything to do with others. Is this truly so? Well, this can be, as Ra said, because it doesn't matter if you inherently think you're positive or negative, your thoughts don't count <laughs> in this way, is how you process this. You see, because now you are in the process of uh, seeing what, what it is that you're going to do with this uh, consciousness awakening, right? Are you going to truly disassociate yourself from other people and become this uh, holy bubble uh, person? Or will you continue the process of inner work to, in the positive sense, of course, you're going to associate yourself with other selves. But how? How is that so? Let me explain to you how this happens. As I reread Ra's answer here. My God, I'm so excited to read this. That's awesome. <laughs> this is awesome and amazing. Also amazing. Okay, so Ra says, the apparent happening is this association. Okay, that's the apparent happening. Both, let's take uh, three people, okay? Subject A is positive. Subject A and B are positive. Subject C is negative. Subject A, being positive, is going to disassociate itself and well, all three are going to disassociate themselves from others, right? That is the apparent happening, disassociation. So all three subjects are disassociating themselves from others. Now, subject A being positive is going to get in that bubble and is going to remain there, okay? It will say, my energy is my energy. And I, I, nobody can pierce this bubble because I'm so blessed and divine and so on. And plus, you know, my energy, I just feel it leak all the time and just me and so on. I'm using the, the example of the energy, but there are so many other things that come. I mean, you can become uh, very, um, again, holy man syndrome. I'll say my philosophy is the one and nobody should be temp tampering with my, my beliefs and there are so many egotistical, spiritual ego um, bloating here that can happen within this bubble because you're disassociating yourself from other people and their beliefs and their ways of living. And um, I have seen this. Uh, I'm so grateful to have seen it in people because it, it has shown me what I am capable of doing too. And so I just, whenever I see it, I liberate myself from it. No. Um, no attachment to those bubbles. It's kind of my um, my motto here, my motto. So okay, subject A is going to remain in that bubble. That's it. It's stuck. Subject A is stuck. Subject B, being positive, will go into the bubble. Will do the inner work and realize that it has been. Um, creating this um, disassociation. Why? Because 
Rosses. Um, whether the truth is service to self and thus true disassociation from other selves, this is for subject C. But subject B will service to others and thus true association with the heart of all other selves, right? And disassociation only from the illusory husks which prevent the adept from correctly perceiving the self and other self as one. So the work, the inner work that is created in this disassociation is to allow yourself to see how other people are simply minds just like your own with biases with uh, confusion with love with preferences etc all of this you see and you say oh those are the husks you see illusory husks that make them see different than me. You know, this person is uh, into this, which I am not, and they talk about this, which I abhor, uh, or they talk about this, which I like, and so on. These are not true connections. They're not full interconnectedness. They're just simply things that we, for us to interact, for us to, for us to have multiplicity of being, in manifestation but in the center when you look at yourself and you see uh, let me bring in my my methodology of the direct path because when you go straight into the essence of being and you see oh what I am is not this illusory husk of personality right and you look at yourself and say what i am is this simply being oh but other people are also that behind the mask of the mind and their activities let's not call it egos we're not judges of that it's just the mind's activity everybody has a mind and that mind is an activity and so that activity manifest in a certain way so all you're seeing is the manifestation of a mind but behind that mind there is the heart the true heart of all other selves as Ra says so you go into your bubble to do this work whether you do it or not it's going to be the difference between you being subject A or subject B and a mix of these two and now to finish off subject C will actually be uh, bamboozled by this bubble and say oh yes they are not me I am I am the only one that is me you see I am this God that I just realized and everybody else is just uh, a creation <laughs> my creation so I just have to order them and control them because they're not acting just like I would like them to act so true disassociation right from other selves. That's what the negative path will do. God, this is beautiful. I can go on for an hour here. I should have made just one episode about this because there's so much to talk about, but let's continue on.
Don says in question 12, then you say that this effect of disassociation on the service to others adept is a stumbling block or slowing process in reaching that goal, which is which he aspires to. Is this correct? Uh, no. This is incorrect, Ra says. This disassociation from the miasma of illusion and misrepresentation of each and every distortion is a quite necessary portion of an adept's path. It may be seen by others to be unfortunate. Beautiful. Beautiful. So why is Don incorrect? Because he says um, this effect of disassociation on the service to others at that is a stumbling block or slowing process in reaching that goal. No, it's not because um, this phenomenon of the bubble is necessary. You see, uh, it's not that it's a stumbling block. Like, oh my God, I just, I'm here. That's why I said, it's fine that you're in your bubble. That is where you do the inner work. But if you stay there and you avoid the inner work in favor of these uh, suggestions that I see quite often interpreted as you have to uh, become this, this solidified person within your own beliefs and so on. And especially with the energy transfer, I've been talking about that a lot recently. Um, and, you know, uh, keeping your energy for yourself. These are just terrible interpretations because for the positive path, I mean, it's a terrible interpretation because it just creates this persona who is, again, the holy man syndrome. And so, um, yes, it's not a stumbling block. What did, what did Ross say? This disassociation from the miasma of illusion, I love that, and misrepresentation of each and every distortion. You see, you're disassociating yourself from an illusion and misrepresentation of each and every distortion of other people. You have to do that. You have to see that that's not who they are. You see, do you know what Jesus said at the cross? Forgive them, Father, for they not they they know they what do they say? Do I remember? <laughs> for they know not what they do, something like that. Yes, I <laughs> should reread my my Bible. Uh, forgive them for I know it in Spanish, I just don't know how to say it in English. Perdona los padres porque ellos no saben lo que hacen because they don't know what they're doing. That's not how they said it. It's phrased differently in English and I forget. <laughs> so, all right, that, that is exactly it. You know, you're becoming, you're becoming aware of what they're not. That is a quite necessary portion of an adept's path. It may be seen by others to be unfortunate though, because people will say, oh, you see, he's not the same person. You know, he's not that funny guy that he used to be and he's not interested in these things anymore. Uh, so yeah, because they are so they were so attached to your personality, but in many ways your personality, um, for once, um, is becoming more vivid. And so people who miss your old self, yeah, they're going to see it unfortunate. But those who appreciate you truly from for what you are, they're going to see you shine, and they're going to be wowed by your. Uh, your being. So it's quite all right that some people within their own um, 
personalities, they don't resonate with you anymore. And they say, uh, no, that's not who you are for me. You are this person and I like you to be this person. And you say, I'm sorry, but I just realized that I'm not that. <laughs> I, I'm this. I've always been this. Oh, there's so much. There's so much we can talk about here. But yeah, this is quite necessary. I should probably just make a one episode out of this. <laughs> it's so fascinating. But let's move on. Question 13. Don says, then is this from the point of view or with respect to the 15 archetype, somewhat of an excursion into the matrix of the spirit in this process? Does that make any sense? Ron says the excursion of which you speak and the process of disassociation is most usually linked with that archetype you call hope, which we would prefer to call faith. This archetype is the catalyst of the spirit and because of the illuminations of the potentiator of the spirit, will begin to cause these changes in the adept's viewpoint. I think this is beautiful because um, as the potentiator flashes light into the matrix of the spirit and we are able to see that which is not, I'm talking about that in the positive path, the adept's positive path. Uh, so when you see this, then catalyst will begin. Isn't that what they said? This archetype is the catalyst of the spirit. Um, no, before that. The process of disassociation is most usually linked with the archetype you call faith. Uh, actually, they call hope, but faith. We're going to call it faith. I like faith better than hope as well. Because the illuminations of the potentiator of the spirit, this will begin to cause changes in the adept's viewpoint. This archetype is the catalyst of spirit. Yes. So further illuminations on that which is not potentiates, of course, the spirit and then the catalyst of the spirit will will begin to do its um, its incursions. So unlike what Don said, right, that is an excursion into the matrix of the spirit, it is uh, rather <coughs> the, the catalyst, catalyst of the spirit, which is faith. We call it faith in the law of one. Um, it makes a lot of sense because in my limited understanding of the archetypes, faith, as it's called this card, is associated with uh, a new seeing, right? If I remember um, correctly, my my view on on this archetype, there is a new being that is being seen, right? And I think this is depicted as the female, um, which is the unconscious mind, being seen naked. I think she's naked in in the picture, and there is a star, and there are. Um, other stars or a constellation of seven stars and the whole thing just shows in essence a a new risen risen being which is just it, it lands perfectly with this because that person that goes in the bubble is that naked woman you see that naked portion of ourselves our unconscious mind that needs to be seen needs to be um, 
What are we going to do with it? You see? Are we going to keep it in the bubble? <laughs> are we going to use it for uh, the negative path? Or are we going to uh, clothe her into... Um, crown her and make her beautiful you know she has just been risen is what i see so she comes out this is our unconscious mind that is coming out with this uh spiritual uh, cycle the spiritual process evolution of the spirit and it's more shining right so that's how i see it it's um it's my interpretation of what is called faith why is it faith because um little detail here uh faith is is not blind faith it's a knowing faith is a knowing is a trusting of the process without the need to make any explanations to find proof or anything you just know it there's something inside you that knows it and you are familiar with this too because you know that when you have these processes in you um, you begin to to see more more of yourself as you are and that is just the inevitable uh, proof that you will have this love of self you see this love of who you are because only by knowing who you are and this love of self like some people interpret it's not service to self um, this is love of who you are because only by knowing who you are can you actually know other people as yourself okay so yes um fascinating stuff here oh wish i could stay longer but let's go on. Question 14, Don says, I didn't intend to get too far ahead of my questioning process here. The either positively or negatively polarized adept then is building a potential to draw directly on the spirit for power. Is this correct? Ra says, it would be more proper to say that the adept is calling directly through the spirit. To the universe for its power for the spirit is a shuttle i read that poorly again it would be more proper to say that the adept is calling directly through the spirit to the universe for its power for the spirit is a shuttle so just a quick comment here that um, the adept um, is using the spirit as a shuttle right what did don say uh, Negative is building a potential to draw directly on the spirit for power. Yeah, I guess it's just a correction of semantic, not semantic, but grammar, language. Because, yeah, the spirit is not really a thing. Spirit is a shuttle. And I don't know. I don't know why I visualize it as there is the grand central sun, right, that provides light. The spirit is the shuttle in which that light is um, brought into being. And yes, the adept is working through this shuttle, right, into the possibility of bringing that light into manifestation for being. So, yeah, I would agree with Ra's wording here. 
that the adept is calling directly through the spirit to the universe for its power. Right? It's your own individual shuttle in which you make contact with intelligent infinity to bring this power into manifestation. Let's move on. Don says, now, the obvious only significant difference, I believe, between the positive and negative adept is using this shuttle is the way they had polarized. Is there a relationship between the archetypes of the spirits and whether the polarization is either positive or negative? Is, for instance, the positive calling through the 16th and the, Don laughs or chuckles, negative calling through the 15th archetype? I'm very confused on these points, and I imagine that question is poor or meaningless. Can you answer that? Um, Ross says, it is a challenge to answer such a query for there is some confusion in its construction. However, we shall attempt to speak upon the subject. The adept, whether positive or negative, has the same matrix. The potentiator is also identical. Due to the catalyst of each adept, the adept may begin to pick and choose that into which it shall look further. The experience of the spirit, that which you have called the moon, is then by far the more manifest of influences upon the polarity of the adept. Oh, we're getting deep here. I love it. So first of all, uh, yeah, Don's... I guess Don is looking at the archetypes like uh, the negative will use more the the matrix of the spirit, which is darkness. And did he say 15, 16? 16 would be, right? 7, 14, 15, 16. The positive 6, 16 is the potentiator of the spirit, which is then the lightning, or flashing, I would call it. And no, it's not like, you know, the, the negative will use more the matrix and we're all using the same thing. You know, that's why Ross says, whether positive or negative, the adept has the same matrix. The potentiator is also identical. <clears throat> so matrix and potentiator are identical. They are just the bread and butter of the adept. <laughs> Let's call it that. Uh, that's a good way to put it. Now, due to the catalyst of each adept, the adept may begin to pick and choose that into which it shall look further. So polarization will happen depending on the catalyst and of course experience. Much like it is uh, in the mind, although I would wager, I think this is a very uneducated guess here, that the negative adept has negative or positive um, they already have in their unconscious mind a uh, various set of biases and parameters that will propel them to be more positive or negative. So here it seems a little bit more uh, different. And I guess this is why Ra called the matrix of the spirit even more, what do they call it? Uh, still or passive it's not the word inactive inactive was the word so yeah that's why you see it maybe this way because it kind of makes sense i mean you're the positive mind 
the positive or negative minds are looking at the works of the spirit and the spirit works without any sort of um, biases, right? In terms of matrix and potentiator. So it just flashes this, this matrix and then the adept is the one that's going to say, huh, what did I see there? Did I see chimera and falsity or did I see truth? That is dependent on the adept. And that will polarize further the adept, of course. That's why it's necessary. It's a whole complex. It just makes a lot of sense. So due to the catalyst of each adept, the adept may begin to pick and choose that into which it shall look further. So polarization, basically. The experience of the spirit, that which you have called the moon, is then by far the more manifest of influence upon the polarity of the adept. Because this is where we're going to build, in essence, the significator of the spirit. How we're going to build the significator into a radiant sun or a black hole, a radiant self or a, an absorbing self. That is the significator of the spirit in polarity. But if you think you've had enough, you may have to rewind because this is just getting too good. Let's go on with what Ra finishes here. Ra says, even the most unhappy of experiences, shall we say, which seem to occur in the catalyst of the adept, seen from the viewpoint of the spirit, may, with the discrimination possible in shadow, be worked with until light equaling the light of the brightest of brightest noon descends upon the adept and positive or service to others illumination has occurred. The service to self-adept will satisfy itself with the shadows and grasping the light of day will toss back the head in grim laughter preferring the darkness. <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> Uh, I love this. I love life. I love everything. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, <laughs> Ra is Ra. How can you not love the law of one? <laughs> With paragraphs like this. <laughs> I love it. But uh, I'm not tossing my my head back in grim laughter, but in um, loving laughter. <laughs> uh, what a picture, man. What a picture. What a picture Ra gives us here. <laughs> Preferring the darkness. <laughs> Can I reread that, please? The service to self-adept will satisfy itself with the shadows and grasping the light of day will toss back the head in grim laughter preferring the darkness. <laughs> it's just poetry, pure poetry. I love it. So, all right. Uh, even the most unhappy of experiences seen from the viewpoint of the spirit can actually bring a lot of light. Let me share a very dear story um, of mine with you. The most unhappy experience that I can speak of recently in my life has been the death of my father, which um, I love my father so much. Um, I love my mother too, 
But I have to say that my father had this, he was an angelical being. My mother wasn't. <laughs> my mother was tough. Um, but you know, I love her for what she was too. And my father was just that lovable person. He had no enemies. He literally had no enemies. Nobody, um, he never pissed off anybody. He was just a good guy. Um, he had his distortions, of course, which I won't speak of, <laughs> uh, which are just classical of his time in the 50s and 60s. Um, he was just a beautiful man. And when he died, I was already in this path. This was 2021. And I was able to experience the death of someone I love so much, which I have experienced in the past. And as Ra said, that was catalyst gone awry in this other uh, experience, which was someone who was like a brother to me, more than a brother. He was, uh, if I was gay, he would have been my, the love of my life. But I guess I can only say he was my best friend. But if you can, if you can see me gay, then you would see me, me and him as soulmates. That was a different story. When he died, that was just devastating for me. Whereas my father, who again you can say was the love of my life as well, I just love him so much. When he died, I had to face you know this apparent loss and that was a most unhappy experience however there was something to it that i allowed to to be which was this the beauty of his death and to me it was the processing of his life story uh, especially with my mom dying that was like the the, the grand finale of them too. It's a it's a long story, rather, that I uh, I won't indulge in here. But that's what kind of synthesized. I didn't I didn't make it up. I just saw it. I saw the whole story. I saw the beauty of it. Uh, every little detail about his death and about his being is. It's almost like I opened up to the appreciation of everything that he was because. When we talk about death, we're talking about the end of a story. And that's what I saw. It was like I just closed a book that I was reading. And it was a very similar feeling as when you finish a really good book and you have that feeling of loss because you can't keep reading. It's done. You can't keep finding anything. It's done. The series is over. Nothing else to read. But do you uh, lament it? No, you integrate it within yourself and you say, what a great experience. I love this book. You don't regret that it finished. You don't write to the author and say, how come you finish it? You should keep writing for my own sake. And this is what we do. You know, we, we tell these people who die that we want them here. We want them to keep writing their book. No, they finish your book. That's it. You read it. You're fine with it. You have to go on. And to me, it was just, I mean, 
I enjoyed so much the sorrow that I felt of his loss. Because you don't become unemotional to anything. You become sensitive to everything and you appreciate it, but you don't attach to those emotions. That's the key thing. So I don't think this was possible at all without the work of spirit in my own um, in my own path. And I would say with complete confidence that I was able to uh, to see that light that Ra is talking about here being the brightest noon that descends upon the adept and positive or service to others, illumination has occurred. Um, I think that's what happened in me. And, and I hold that experience very dear. The death of my dad and my, my mother too. Both of them, they were beautiful experiences which was kind of difficult to tell some people when they came to me and say, oh, I'm so sorry, you know, you must be devastated. And I said, no, it's a great experience, man. What are you talking about? <laughs> people would look at me like, what? Uh, but yes, that's, that's how I processed it. And so, yes, oh, I'm torn. I'm torn into finishing this. Do we have, I think I have to do an, another yeah, we have long answers. No, hold on. We had 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. No, you know what? Let's call it for what it is. The end of this. I thought it was a great way to finish it anyways. Yes, we'll have to make it this a three-part. Just too long and beautiful. Conclusions. Whew, this was... So productive, I have to say. Instead of talking about the catalyst of spirit and so on, actually, no, let me talk about the catalyst of spirit, uh, of spirit which is this bubble that I talked about. Uh, let me bring it to practical application. Become aware of this process of disassociation with other people. This extends, of course, with people on the internet and people you follow and you all of a sudden feel like you don't want to follow anymore. Um, I had big disassociations myself with people that I truly follow, people who are my guides even, um, and I just didn't feel anymore and I just had to give my, myself time give yourself time don't don't feel that's another thing don't feel bad because you're still in the bubble and my god Gabe I'm not doing the inner work right because this is happening and relax relax stop stressing out you know the bubble is a quite necessary as Ra said stage and you should cherish it remember that you didn't have a bubble before so cherish the bubble enjoy it and just listen to what's happening. Listen to yourself speak about others. Listen to yourself um, discern why you are not associating yourself anymore with other people and so on. Learn all these things. If I can give you the best advice that I can come up with is to focus on the essence of your being. I 
cannot emphasize this enough. Knowing yourself truly and deeply is what causes this um, birthing of a new view for what everybody is and what you are. And so you can go and relate again directly in your experience. It's not to say, well, intellectually, I know that I am the creator. So intellectually, I can conceptualize the fact that everybody is the creator. So there I am. I'm happy. If that makes you happy, then great. If you still feel that conceptually it's not working for you, which is more often the case and <laughs> most likely the case, um, yeah, you have to you have to focus more into you haven't realized you you haven't you haven't realized and or remain there because that's the only way that you can relate experientially to others heart to heart knowing your own heart and who are you is the question so all right i'll finish it here um i swear to the one infinite creator that i thought i was going to finish this but hey let's have fun in a third part with session 80 because we have more to talk about i forget what it is possibly more yes we're going to continue with the cycle of the spirit <laughs> I love it. It's probably one of my favorites. I think I like it better than the cycle of the mind, but we'll see. I'm still studying it. I'm still learning. I'm here just to share some information with you and entertain you with things that you enjoy. With that being said, I appreciate you. Uh, we'll finish this in part three and I'll see you then. <laughs>